Welcome to Passion Life Church. Give a couple people a good high five and say it's good to see you in the house of God and you may be seated. Thanks for watching today. You know, I hope that when you come to church, you take out your phone, you take out a tablet or iPad and you take some notes. You know, God has some great things that he wants to share with us today. Hey, can we just do me one more favor? Can we, come on, give the worship team a good round of applause, man. They, they brought it today. Woo. You know, I have certain cues. I have to come up on the stage. And I was, like, so involved. In, I was, like, drunk in the, in the presence of the Lord. I was like, whoa, I can't drive right now or I get pulled over for DWI. But, you know, if they did a little breathalyzer, maybe, I don't know, maybe the, the police officer would fall over in the Holy Spirit. But I was, just like, so in it, you know, like, oh, I got to go up there. So, but, uh, man, it, they did an incredible job. How many of you agree? Aren't you thankful for people that sacrifice? They go to practice and... Uh, and they did such a great job. We're continuing in a series that we're calling Built to Last. And this is part two. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. It's been kind of like our foundational scripture. And what we're doing in this series is we're focusing on an attribute of God that not a lot of people talk about, you know, because we know God is just, we know God is holy, we know he is love, and he's all those, those things. But oftentimes we don't talk about how God is a builder. And God wants to build. He loves to create. He loves to plan. He loves to design. If you ever look at his creation and you can see his imagination. You know, um, I love, me and my wife and my son, we walk a lot. We love looking at the clouds and, and the mountains and just seeing how amazing, you know, God is. And uh, have you ever looked at some animals? We, we, we love looking at animals. There's this, um, just pray for us, okay, because um, I want to be obedient to the Lord, but then there's a part of me that how many of you know there's that tension sometimes like I think God is calling us to, to buy a bulldog but I don't I don't know they're just so freaking cute you know and we were at the 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 park the other day and our neighbors have a bulldog and he was the littlest thing we saw him his name's casino right and I don't know if, if the owners gamble but they named him casino and so we were out at the park just playing, and Casino's now a big old bulldog. Man, he just ran out. And, okay, just, just so you know, okay, I'm a man of faith and powder. I mean, faith of power, right? But I have, everybody has some fears. Come on, somebody. Anybody have some fears? And I'm going to tell you where my fears come from. I got bit by two dogs, okay? I got bit by a chihuahua and a poodle, all right? So, and my mom says, don't tell people that, Phil, because that affects your manhood, okay? She says, tell people you got bit by a pit bull or a Rottweiler. Come on, somebody, right? And so when we were out, <laughs> the true story, man, true story. And so we were at the park, and, and Casino just comes running out, and I, I, I freaked out. But he remembered us, and he just loved on us. And, you know, when I look at that, and I look at that dog, I was like, man, this was God's idea. Like this whole thing, the, 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 the dogs, and you look at, you know, uh, creation. And did you ever see an orangutan? Like how, how funny? I mean, you see God's, like his humor. And I think it's important to understand that God's a builder, a creator. He's a designer, and you, as his children, because he's our heavenly father, he has put those characteristics and attributes in you to build. And all of us are builders. All of us are building a family. Some are building a business. Some of you are building your marriage. And I think sometimes we fail to realize that we are actually building. And I will tell you this, the marriage that you have is the marriage that you build. Listen, the health that you have is the health that you build. Can I hear a good amen? The relationships you have are the relationships you 
you build. Because our Heavenly Father is a builder. And so he wants us to build. And let me just say this. He wants to build through us. Man, that, that's, that's, a, that's a good word. Because I believe right now, I know that things are going cray-cray in the world. But I believe that it's a time right now to build. It's a time to build our lives, build our communities, build the house of God. Can I hear a good amen today? And I understand. I understand there's been a lot of loss. And uh, man, I've lost two people who were very, very close to me the last two and a half years. My dad and, you know, my, my grandmother. And there's been a lot of loss. Some people have lost loved ones. Some people have lost their business. And if you're not a business owner, you don't understand what it's like to put your blood, sweat, and tears in something in years of your life. And just via COVID or something else happens and not able to, to s- sustain that. You know, some of you have lost in the area of relationships. Some people that were around you uh, before are just not around you anymore. And I say all that to say it's so easy in this time to just give up and become passive and say this, say this. Because I know I felt this myself. Why does it matter anymore? Like, really, why does it matter if I build Pastor Phil. Why? I've built, I've seen loss, and I'm going to tell you this, and you need to write it in the chat today. You need to write it in your notes. Here's why you have to continue to build, because God is not through with you yet. I'm going to try this side. God is not through with you yet. Let me just tell you, the greatest moments of your life have not come yet. This is why we keep building. And I'm going to tell you, the other day, I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm very transparent. The other day, I was just thinking about going to heaven. Like, I'm just, I just think it's time to go to heaven. Maybe we just go to, everything's going to be good in heaven, right? And I was like, I had a good life, and I started going through. I had a great, you know, great marriage. I had a great son. And maybe I just go to heaven. And then I was like, I, 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 honestly, I don't know what more I really need to experience. And I felt like God was getting on me. And he was like, Phil, yeah, that's all good, but I want you to know I can outdo myself in your life. I, you, there's some greater moments that I have for you that you have not experienced yet. And sometimes we can just get satisfied. We can get passive, but I'm just telling you the best of your life is yet to come. And I love that we sang that today. If you're not dead, God's not done. Come on, can I hear a good amen today? God's not done with you. Yeah, you can give him a good round of applause. I know, I know you want to. And I feel like, that's why you're here today because I came to tell you God's not done with you yet now some of you may have thrown in the towel maybe some of you like well I'm done but I just want to tell you God's not he's not finished and so if we'll open up our heart and understand God is a builder it's time to build it's time to keep building and I just want to encourage you you have not seen the greatest moments in your marriage yet how many of you know it's time to build better and new moments with your your spouse, when you're sitting on the couch looking at your wedding photos going, wow, we were really in love. No, it's time to build some new moments. Can I hear a good amen? You haven't experienced the best moments with your family yet. It just hasn't happened yet. So we have to keep building. Your greatest achievements have not been done yet. And I love this scripture. I didn't tell you to turn there, but 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has even imagined what God has prepared for those that love him. There are things that you have not even imagined yet that God wants to do in your life. How about that? How about that? But see what happens in circumstances, right? Situations come to discourage that builder in you. 
that creator in you, that designer in you. And I hope you found 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. It says this, for we are God's fellow workers. One translation says this, we are laborers together with God. I've heard people saying, well, you know, I'm just, I'm working for God. You're not working for God, you're working with God. And I believe that's life's greatest privilege is we're working together. He says, for we are God's fellow laborers. You are God's field. Now notice what happens in the field depends on what the builder builds. What happens in the field depends on what the sower sows in. And so God's like, he's looking at our lives like a field. And he says, you are God's field. But this next one we talked about last week, you are God's building. You are God's building. And according to the grace, this is Paul talking, the great apostle Paul. Now I want to tell you, Paul defined himself as an apostle. He defined himself as a pastor because he started churches. But I want to tell you again, we don't focus on this a lot, but I will tell you this. Paul calls himself a master builder. He says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let Listen to this, my church family. But let each one take heed how he builds. Why? Because we're all building something. But we've got to take heed how we are building. And then it says, but let everyone take heed how he builds. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that is laid, which is in Christ Jesus. And I love that Paul says, as a master builder. Why is he saying that? Because he's understanding that our God is a builder and that those characteristics are in him. And we talked about, we understand, we want to understand how God builds in this series. We're talking about God as a builder. We, we need to know what is God building? What is he building, right? How does God build? H- how does God build? Because this is what we said last, last, last week. We said everything that God builds, when God builds it, it lasts, Can I hear a good amen today? It lasts, right? And so the Bible says, you are God's building. So here's one of the things we know that God is building. God is building people. He loves building people. So you are God's building, but he's still edifying you. He's still building you. Jesus said, right, I am building my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And this is what I love. When God builds it, it lasts and not even the devil can overcome it or overthrow it. And I know that right now we're in a time where, you know, they're saying churches can't meet. There's a time where you can't sing it church, all of these different things. But I want to remind you what Jesus said. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And why? Because Jesus is continuing to build it. Can I hear a good amen? Come on, can I hear a better amen than that? I just want to tell you, if you're new here, golf claps don't encourage me because I don't play golf. I don't even play fantasy football. Anyway, so I'll keep going. What God builds lasts. But then we also talked about last week how God builds masterpieces. And then God also builds with boundaries. There's every building has boundaries, these walls that keep what's in it of value. And so today what I want to do as we continue, I want to look at and continue to look at how God builds. And I've entitled today the four P's of preparation. The four P's of preparation. We need to understand that when God builds, he's always strategic. He's not accidental. God is is strategic. God is totally prepared to build when he wants to build. He's totally prepared. And so as we talk about, you know, preparing to build, I want to show you how God builds. And here's number one. God always builds on purpose and for a purpose. 
on purpose and for a purpose. God knows why he's building and what he's building for. And we need to understand, you are here for a purpose. Now, when I say purpose, I think that's, that can be so cliche in our lives. Well, you're here for a purpose. But I want to go a little bit deeper and tell you, your purpose is actually the reason why you're here. Your purpose is the reason why you exist. You don't exist on this planet just to suck up air. You are here for a purpose. And so you are here for a purpose, and you actually exist for God's purposes. If you don't understand what that is, you will never connect with why and who you truly are. I've always said this, the more I know God, the more I know about myself. Because you can't go other places to somebody and they try to and understand who you are. Well, I'm just going to find myself. You can't find yourself in yourself. You have to go to the one who made you. Can I hear a good amen today? And so people do that. Well, I'm just going to, you know, climb the mountain and I'm just going to go find myself. Well, you can't find yourself because you're lost. And until you understand who Jesus is and what he did on the cross, that's when you become found because you have to go to the one who made you. So we exist for God's purposes. And I'm going to tell you, nothing will make sense. Nothing will fulfill you until you understand that. And Jeremiah chapter one, verse five says this. Watch, check this out. I knew you, uh, Jeremiah chapter one, verse five. I knew you before I formed you. In your mother's womb, before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now, listen to this statement. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, write this down. You were created in Christ before you were conceived on earth. Man, that's a huge statement. That's, that's big. Listen, before you were born on the earth, you were actually born in the mind of Christ. Man, that, that, that's huge. That's really big. Now, think about this for a moment. Before your parents, because God builds on purpose and for purpose, before your parents even thought about dating, before your parents even thought about coming together, you were a thought in God's mind. Man, that's really big. You existed in his mind. So I always say this, that's why God knows you better than you know yourself. Because you existed in him before you existed on earth. Are you, are you following me this morning? Now, I want to I take this a little bit deeper. Because life and our life is an extraordinary gift. Man, I know that hard times come. I know that things happen. But I want to tell you, I've had way more good times than bad times. Can I hear a good amen? How many of you would say the same? Come on, put your hand up in the air and wave it just like you do care. Come on, how many of you have had some better times? You've had better times than, and sometimes we just focus on the bad times, Right? But you know, there's so many, life is an extraordinary gift. But I want to ask you a question. What did you have to do with your own birth on this earth? What did you have to do with it? Now for us adults, what, what did you swim to an egg? That's what you did? What, what, what did you do? What did you do to cause yourself to exist? Can I just, can I just tell you the truth? You didn't give yourself life. Phil Valdez is not so awesome and so amazing that I gave myself life. You say, come on, Pastor Phil. Some people live that way. Like you're all that and a bag of chips. And you're here because you thought you should be here. Actually, even before you knew that there was a you, God knew there was a you. And you had nothing to do with being born. But the good news is you were born in the mind of God. 
Why are you saying that, Pastor Phil? Because what I'm saying is your life is a miracle. You're a miracle. You are here by God's grace. That's why I love what Job chapter 33 verse 4 says. It's not on the screen, but it says it's the spirit of God who has made me and it is his breath of the almighty that gives me life. So I had nothing to do with my own birth, but yet I was birthed in the mind of God and by his grace, he's given me life and my whole life is a miracle. Come on, say I'm a miracle. Come on, write it in the chat today. Say I'm a miracle. I think about that a lot because you may need a miracle, but just remember you are a miracle because by God's grace, you are here. And I want us to understand this because here's, here's what I'm trying to say today. Your life is bigger than just you. Your life is bigger than just this moment. Your life is bigger than just this season, this year, this year and a half. Your life is bigger than that because you were born in Christ even before you were born here. So he has a purpose for you to be here. And it's miraculous. And I think that what happens sometimes if we don't understand this is we begin to reduce our lives to the environment that we are in. We reduce our lives to the DNA of our parents and sometimes that's good sometimes that's bad but we can look at our parents or our family tree and we can look at what they did what they haven't done and we can take that in you know when you go to the doctor you know as you get older they don't ask my son this but they ask me right oh what is your family history what is your family history and they kind of freak I was like I I don't know really to be honest I had never met my dad so I I don't know you know I but um I know what's going on with my mom's side. But I think that question is indicative of our lives because listen, you can try to base your destiny on your history. But God says, listen, you were born in my mind and you don't base your destiny on your history. You base your destiny on you are in me and in Christ. Can I hear a good amen today? And so we have to have a bigger perspective. We have to have a bigger perspective. God strategically placed you here And you are strategic in what God wants to build. You're strategically here, but you're not just here for you. You're not just here for your own existence. You exist for God's purposes. And watch. And so God is a builder and he wants to build through you and work with you to build his kingdom. Are you ready for this? Everybody look at me. And here's the reality about your purpose. No one can fulfill your purpose. No one can fill the purpose that God has given you. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. Are you glad you came to church today? Look at this. For we are God's, his workmanship. I love the amplified because it says this, his own masterwork. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you're a work of art. Come on, you're a work of art. Let's say you have clothes on. Come on, say you have clothes on because some works don't have clothes on. Say you have clothes on. Watch this, here we go. Created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works. Watch this, God prepared. God prepared. When God builds, what he does, he's already prepared. He's already prepared you. God prepared for us beforehand. Come on, before you came into the earth, he prepared. He prepared for you to be here. God prepared for us before taking paths, which he set. So he's already set a path for you so that we would walk in them, live the good life which is prearranged and he made ready for us now you are built for good works 
you are built. Now, good works don't get us to heaven, but your good works may help somebody else get to heaven. Because the Bible says if they see your good works, they'll see the Father. But you need to understand it. In you is built good works. That's why we feel so bad when we don't do good works. Because you were built for that. That's what you were, you were built for. So I'm going to tell you what your purpose is here on earth. Are you ready? Your purpose here on earth is to be God's representative on the earth. You know, when we were, when Adam, when God created Adam, okay, here's what he did. Excuse me. When God created Adam, he didn't give him everything. Everything in the garden wasn't already done. Actually, he gave him a garden. He put Adam in it, and he says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to be fruitful and multiply. I want you, Adam, listen, I created this, and here's how I created it. I spoke into existence. Let there be light, and there was light. I want you, Adam, because we are God's representatives. He says, I want you, Adam, to name all of the animals. I want you to use your words and frame like I use my words and frame. So name the animals. Use your words, Adam. Come on, create. And so Adam's like, okay, God, I'm, I'm trying. And so he's like, and Adam's like, bee? You're going to be called a bee. Oh, that thing flies. You're a fly. Adam was very creative. But what was God doing? God was teaching him to be his representative in the earth. And God was saying to Adam, whatever you call, that's what it'll be. So you use your words, be fruitful and multiply. Guard my garden, Adam, right? This is what I want you to do. I want you to be, build your marriage, build your relationship with Eve. He gave Eve to Adam, but you know what? He had, Adam had to build that relationship. Adam had to have a family and build his family just like you. And you know what? I want to say it's so important that we understand that we are God's representatives in the earth because right now, everybody, I hear so many people complaining. Oh, Pastor Phil, you know, you don't understand. Look at the world. The world is going to hell in a handbag. And here's my question. Where are God's representatives? Come on, where are the people of God? Where are God's representatives? Can I tell you, they're watching online and they're right in here. But if we don't understand, we are God's representatives. We are here for a purpose to build the kingdom of God. Why? To push back the kingdom of darkness. If we just stand here, you know, I don't know. I don't understand why I'm here. You're God's representatives. And here's what we need. The kingdom of God needs purpose people to stand up and push back the darkness. Come on. Can I have a church this morning that agrees with that today? Can I just ask you, you think the devil's going to be afraid of that clap that you just gave right now? <laughs> Come on. Come on, somebody. We're an army. We're an army, and you're God's representative, and you were purposed to be here, purposed to be here, purposed to be here. So everything God builds, he builds with purpose and on purpose. Here's number two. Everything God builds, he blesses with potential. Everything. God is the source of all potential, my church family. But when you think about creation, the entire creation possesses the, potential, the principle of potential. Everything has the natural instinct, right, to release ability. To release ability. You know, I was thinking about, it's amazing. And that this is what God did in the, in the garden. He, he gave Adam trees. By giving Adam a tree, do you know, he gave Adam a tree business. See, God doesn't make furniture, what God will do is he'll give you a tree. 
And you take that tree and you make the business. Come on, somebody, because you're a builder. But think about this. All as I need to start an apple business is an apple seed. Because in the apple seed has the ability to release what? An apple. I take one apple, I take a seed, I take that apple, and then I can get an apple tree. Well, if I can get an apple tree, right, the apple in that seed has the potential to have an apple, an apple tree, and maybe two apple trees, three apple trees. I could start selling apples. How did that happen? Because in the seed had the potential to have the ability to do what it already was made to do. Are you following me today? And so it's important that when God placed Adam right into the garden, we understand he didn't give Adam a finished product. He didn't give you a finished product. What he did is he gave you tools. He gave you the DNA. He gave you the gifts, the power, and the anointing. What? To build to build what he's purposed you to build. And so you have the ability to accomplish everything your God-given purpose demands. Man, that's powerful. That's why we're all so different. And I think sometimes we compare ourselves with ourselves. The Bible says that's not wise. I'm not supposed to be like you. And you're not supposed to be like me, right? We have the, what I call the silent but violent. They don't talk, introverted. Hi, did you look at me? And that's their personality. And a lot of them are very creative. My wife was like that, right? And she still is in a lot of ways, right? That's her personality, that's her DNA. But she excels in things that I don't excel in. It's amazing. And not everybody is as flamboyant as me. I I apologize, right? Because if everybody was like this, this world would be even crazier than you would think. Don't say amen. That's not a good time to say amen. But right? But this is what we do. But here's what he did. He purposed me and he put in me the potential, the gifting and the talent to do what I do. You know that one of the top, the top fears that people have is speaking in front of people. And people ask me, how do you do that? I just don't know. Because it's in my gifting. But you know what? You put me up against Tanya singing you will leave the room. You put me up against the Angie's that are up here, right? And Larry singing, man, it's a blessing. If I'm up here singing, you're just, I mean, have you ever had somebody put their hands and put it on a chalkboard? And, ah, that's me singing. And I have a scripture for that though. The Bible says make a joyful noise, but you may not want to be a part of my joyful noise. But can I just tell you, that's okay because we're all different. Everybody look at me. That's why we're not all the same color. Because spice is nice. That's why I got three things going on in me. I'm Puerto Rican, Italian, and Polish. I'm tres leches. Come on, somebody. I'm all mixed up. But can I just tell you? That's good. And we need to look at each other and celebrate each other because we're all different for a purpose, for a purpose. And you have a purpose. And inside you, you have the personality, the talent, and the tools. And let me just say this. The fact that you were born is evidence that God knew the world needed the potential that you're blessed with. The world, this is why you're here. This is why you have potential because the world needs it and the world needs it now. Can I hear a good amen today? And we need the people of potential. And so now let me just say this. God has given you the potential, but here's the truth. You have to develop it. It's your responsibility to release that potential. Now, 
How is that potential released? Are you ready? It's released by serving and by working. I have my iPad here. It's an incredible, incredible invention. This has a purpose. There's a lot of purposes. If I try to use this outside of the purpose, right? If I try to use this to clean my toilet, it's not going to work, right? Because it's not the purpose. It's not the purpose. But all of the potential is in here. When does the potential in the iPad come out? It comes out when I press and tap it, the light comes on. Let me say it this way. When I press play on it, when I press play on the app, the iPad starts to work. And when it's working, guess what? It's releasing potential. It's releasing all the potential that Apple has put in there. It works. And when it works, the potential is released. This is why my church family, work is not a dirty word. The Bible says, actually, if you don't work, you don't eat. We are supposed to be working in our purpose and with our potential. That's where a life is so fulfilling. And I know that potential, right, this iPad, it can work. Now, if I never press play, this thing will sit here and never fulfill its purpose, will never see its potential. Now, let me just tell you real quick what, what per potential is. Potential is unexposed ability, reserved power, untapped strength, capped capabilities, unused success, dormant gifts, hidden talents, dormant power. Let me break it down this way. This is what potential is. Potential is what you can do, but you haven't done yet. It's where you can go, but you haven't gone yet. It's who you can be, but you haven't been that person yet. Can I ask you a question? How many of you know, honestly, raise your hand, there's still more to your life? How many, deep down, there's still things, there's potential. What you can't imagine, but you haven't even imagined yet. How far you could reach, but you have not reached there yet. What you can accomplish, but you have not accomplished it yet. And my church family, your life is full of potential. Now, let me just tell you this. If you've already done it, that's not potential anymore. Potential is what you haven't done yet. Now, I'm breaking this down strategically because next week we're going to go somewhere. That We're going somewhere. There's a purpose for this. But I want you to understand something. Your purpose and your potential are tied together. Your purpose and your potential are tied together. Are you glad you came to church today? Now we're talking about the four P's of preparation. Here's number three. God always builds according to plan. So not only does he build on purpose and blesses you with potential, but God always has a plan. It's, he's an incredible architect. I'm going to go a little faster because I want to finish Psalms 139 verse 15. My frame was not hidden from you. So not, this is so amazing. Not only did God frame the earth, he framed you. So he says, my, this is David talking, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in secret, again, and intricately and skillfully formed, the Amplified says, as if embroidered with many colors in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book, watch this, here's the plan, right, here's the preparation, in your book were have seen my unformed subs and in your book were all written the days that were appointed for me when as of yet there was not one of them even taking shape how precious also are your thoughts towards me oh god how vast is the sum of them he was saying that even before we we were seen on earth we were seen in heaven and god framed us and fashioned you jeremiah 29:11 for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you listen watch this in god's plan 
is your prosperity. Listen, everybody look at me. If you follow God's plan, you will prosper in life. Here's the disconnect. People know they have a purpose. People know they have potential. They don't follow the plan. And he says, I know the plans, plans to prosper you. We will prosper when we follow God's plan. I put this in my notes. God's plan always prosper us. And he says this, because some people think actually God's plan is to harm them. God's plan is to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and to give you a future. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. You have a purpose, you're blessed with potential, yet there is a plan to follow. God's always building according to plan. He always do. Now, again, I just, I want to set this up for next week. God's purposes, potential, and plans all go together. Say they're all together. You cannot have one without the other. I can't say, oh, I have a purpose in my life. I know I have a lot of potential, but I'm going to do my own thing. That's what Jonah did. Remember Jonah in the Bible? Jonah is an interesting guy, very emotional, very emotional. He's probably an artist, like just very emotional. God speaks to him and says, Jonah, I want you to go, and I want you to go to Nineveh, and I want you to preach to these people and tell them to repent because I want to save them. In chapter 1, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 2, Jonah actually says, no, God, I'm going to go the other way. This is like God saying, hey, I want you to go to Menifee, and you're like, nope, I'm going to go to L.A. And the Bible says he paid affair and he got on a boat. My church family, this is indicative of what happens when you don't follow God's plan. When you don't follow God's plan, it will always cost you. And Jonah is paying to go the other way. Then he gets on a boat and the boat has a storm. It's an unnecessary storm. And so many people are on unnecessary storms because they're not following the plan of God. Jonah had potential. Jonah had a purpose. And you know what? I hear people telling me all this all the time. And it's such a lie that we believe it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter if I follow the plan of God. It's my life. Yeah, but here's the problem. Your life affects other people's lives. When Jonah got on that boat, all the people, all of the crew was affected by Jonah's decision. Not only was Jonah in the storm, but those people were in the storm. And they were in the storm because they had a Jonah, a disobedient person in their life. Can I just encourage you. That's why you don't date Jonas. Here's what you do with Jonah. You throw him off the boat in love, in love. People have Jonas and man, Pastor Phil's got so much trauma in my life. I, I, I. Yeah, you probably have a Jonah in your life. There's probably a person that you've given too much access into your life, right? Who's out of the will of God and there's storm all around them and you're stepping into that storm. So don't tell me that your life doesn't affect other people's lives. Can I hear me a good amen? Parents, don't tell me your life doesn't affect your kid's life. Listen, I know I'm stepping on your toes, but God will heal them. I'm telling you, this is big because it's unnecessary. And it comes to the point where Jonah's like, yeah, I know it's me. I'm in this storm. And Jonah tells them, listen, just throw me off the boat. And they do. They get his butt off the boat. That's what you got to do with Jonah. I'm just telling you, you just got to, hey, this is not, in love. But you know what I love about God? The Bible said God had a fish prepared for Jonah. God, by his grace, had a whale right there waiting that when they pushed him off, he was in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights. That's God's mercy. And then you know what? The Bible says the whale, the whale 
threw him up. I can just see somebody walking on the beach. It's Labor Day, right? It's like, oh, I'm here for Labor Day. And all of a sudden, they see this giant whale, and all of a sudden, it opens up his mouth, right? And, and all <laughs> here you see, right, the swamp creature. He's got seaweed all over his hair and all over his, his body, and he's just thrown up on the beach, right? This is what I wanted to tell you. Again, we don't talk about this a lot. Do you know Jonah was such an amazing prophet of God? Purposed potential. Listen, Jonah got up in Nineveh, preached one message, one message. The whole city, 120,000 people believed and repented. 120,000 people Jonah had one message and he preached it. And the whole city, the Bible says, even the king put on his robe. And when he put on his robe, not only did he affect the king, he affected with one message. One message changed the whole face of a nation. That's how Jonah's potential was. But you know what? Jonah didn't want to follow God's plan. Even after, if you read the book of Jonah, he's such an interesting guy because after that, he is sitting on the beach and he, he's suicidal. And you know why he's mad? He's mad because he didn't want that plan. He wanted God to destroy them. You know why? Are you ready for this? He just didn't like them. He just didn't like, he was apathetic. And yet it's interesting because, so when Jonah followed God plan, God's plan and he stepped into his purpose, guess what? All this potential was released. I want to say that again. So when Jonah followed God's plan, he stepped into his purpose and all this potential was released. My church family, when we are following God's plan and you step into the purpose, potential is going to be released in your life. And it's interesting, there's a lot of people like Jonah, they're sitting there and they're just like, I want my own plan. Look, look, are you ready for this? And then we're gonna give you the last one and we're gonna close. This is what's hypocritical about Jonah. Jonah didn't want them to be saved because they were in disobedience to God. Huh, huh, huh. And guess who else was in disobedience to God? Jonah. He didn't want God's grace on them. He wanted God's grace on him. And it's interesting because there's a lot of people who just want to live their own plan and they just don't like, God, you're going to save my enemy? You're going to say this? Yeah. Can I just tell you, God needs to save your enemy because the best thing your enemy needs is Jesus. And maybe that'll turn their heart around. Can I hear a good amen today? God builds on purpose for a purpose. God has blessed our life with potential. But you have to choose if you're going to follow God's plan. Why is this so important? Are you ready? Everybody look at me. If you don't God, follow God's plan, your life that is made and built to last won't last. And people blame God. And God says, I already had a purpose. I put so much potential in you. But if you are going to do your own plan, it's not going to work. We're going to talk about building a godly family. We're going to talk about building a godly marriage. But let me just tell you, we are in a society today that says we will have our own plan. We will define marriage how we say marriage is to be defined. I'm sorry, but that just wasn't the plan. And you can do it. And that's why so many people, you can say, well, we're talking about build, building to last. Well, how come so many people are, are array? How come so many people are dying? Well, a lot of people are not living according to God's plan. And that's why they need us. They need you. We, they need the salt and the light. Here's the last one for today. God builds according to principles. 
Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate it day and night. So he says, I want you to think about my word. I want you to think about my plan. He says, I want you to meditate on it. I want you to speak it over your life. But here's, here's the catch. Are you ready? But you have to observe to do it. Observe to do it. Observe to do according to all that is written in it. Here we go again. For then, for then, for then what? When you observe to do it, when you follow the plan. For then what? When you observe to do it. Watch this. Then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Good success. That's God's plan. It's in God's plan. Now, this word principle actually means that there's an order to things. There's a rule. There's a basic truth. There's a code, right? There's a code. There's an order that every house is made. We're going to talk about this. Every building that's being built, right? The first thing they ask is, what's the purpose of the building? Is it going to be commercial? Is it going to be residential? We're going to build towards that. And then what? Let's draw up the, 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 the plans. Let's get into the soil and let's make sure the soil is right to build. Watch, let's build a foundation. We're going to talk about that next week. Let's build a foundation. And my church family, you can deny God's principles and even though you were made to build to last, and what I'm talking about is we're all going to live in eternity. We talked about that eternity is in our heart, but I'm talking about your life on earth. The truth is there's truths and principles even in our life. And I want to close with this. See, you and I were built to have air in our lungs. You cannot live, and here's the principle, you can't live without air for more than three minutes. You will die. It's a principle. That God, that's how we were built. You know what's interesting? You can look at a fish in the ocean. It can be the fastest fish. It can be the most beautiful fish. If you take that fish outside of the ocean, again, three minutes, without water in its gills, it will die. You three minutes, no air. Why? That's how we were purposed. That's how we were made. It's the principles. It's the truth of life. You can deny it, but you denying it without air, you're going to die. But here's the truth. The fish was made for water. The fish was made for water to go through its gills. And so it doesn't matter how fast it is, how beautiful it is, take it outside of its purpose. Take it outside of the plan that God made it. If it doesn't live within those principles, my church family, guess what? It dies. It dies. And I want to tell you today, you're not here by accident. God is working in you and he wants to remind you that he has a purpose for your life. My church family, he has a plan. I know what's going on in the world, but you're here in this strategic moment for such a time as this. And you have so much potential in you that if you don't follow God's plan and live by his principles, here's my concern. You will never step into the very reason why you existed. And we're going to talk about this next week, and I'm going to pray. One day, why'd you go through four things? Are you ready? Because when you stand before God, and all of us will, number one, this isn't just about salvation. And I'm going to say a prayer of salvation. Once you get in, do you know we're all going to stand before God? And this is about rewards. The Bible talks about your works are going to be tried by fire. And what is he going to base your works on? Your purpose, your potential, 
Did you follow God's plan? Did you live his principle? And he says that there are some things that we did in life that are gonna just be burned up by fire. In other words, you spent energy, time, and it did nothing. Because we didn't build to last. We built for ourselves. But then he says, if we'll build, and those things, silver and gold, they're gonna stand. And do you remember I said this last week? Remember the 12 apostles? Their names are written on 12 stones because of what they did on earth echoed in heaven. And so when God looks at you and you stand before him, because the Bible says this, if you bring a cup of cold water to a prophet, you get the prophet's reward, right? You are not going to be based when you stand before God based on my purpose and my potential. It has to do everything with what God gave you. And so I'm telling you today, it's time to build my church family. It's time to look at our life and ask us ourselves this question, what am I building? What am I building with my life? What am I building? Because everyone has a purpose. Everyone is blessed with potential. And if we'll follow God's plan, we'll live his principles, you can step into that purpose and build something that lasts. Now I wanna say this and I wanna pray. You know, sometimes it seems, I don't know if you ever felt like this, but sometimes it seems like God's plans are unclear. And I put this in my notes because this is the way I live. And you can write this down if you're taking notes. When God's plans are unclear, live his principles. Let me say that again. When it seems like God's plans are unclear, live his principles. Because watch this. If you live his principles, you'll see the plan. The plan will... But just keep, so what we do sometimes in a time like this with COVID, all this stuff, God has a plan for your finances. So you know what? We just go, well, you know, look at the economy. I know, but follow his principles and God will show you. Don't retract. God's principles are for every works everywhere. Here, America, Africa, it works everywhere. Every time it's timeless. But when his plan is unclear, follow his principles and you will see that you will get to where God wants you to be. Would you stand with me today as we pray? Do you receive this word today? Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.